0: Fun fact for you guys, 65,000 coaches turned to Get the Pancake in 2019 for advice, volleyball drills, and coaching resources. That's like a lot of coaches. Whether they were looking for free stat sheet downloads, goal-setting worksheets to use with their team, or just a fun warm-up to start practice with, I'm proud to say Get the Pancake Delivered. In this past year, we've added tons of valuable information to GetThePancake.com. New digital downloads, free handouts, and of course, more drills and tips. There's a lot planned for 2020, and I don't want you to miss it. If you want to continue growing as a coach, sign up for the Get The Pancake newsletter by going to GetThePancake.com. There's a sign-up link at the top of the homepage. You can't miss it. Come and join our thriving community and let me help you have your best season yet. Hi coaches, it's Whitney with Get the Pancake, a website for volleyball coaches. I'm testing out a new quote unquote podcast where I read some of my top articles from the website getthepancake.com. No matter where you are in your season, our teams could always get better at communication. So if you're looking for a way to improve volleyball communication on the court, you've come to the right spot. Today I'm going to read my article, Is Your Volleyball Team Bad at Communication? Try These Three Techniques. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this channel, and if you like this new podcast format I'm trying out, be sure to give this video a thumbs up. All right, let's get into the article. Is Your Team Bad at Communication? Try These Three Techniques by Whitney Bartouk at GetThePancake.com. How many times have you heard these instructions at a match or a tournament? Talk. Call the ball. Communicate. You get the idea. I'll admit, I've given these exact directions approximately every day of coaching. And I think that's alright. Constant communication on the court is a habit that all players on the court need to develop. But when communication seems to be an issue, there's likely a root cause that you need to address. One reason your players may not be calling the ball loudly or confidently is that they don't know if it's theirs or not. This is especially true for younger players or players who are learning a new rotation slash defensive system. If you think this is the case, try technique number one, which is teach them what area of the court is their responsibility. Let's say you're lined up for serve-receive and the ball drops between two players. With older teams, sure, this might be miscommunication, but not a lack of communication. With our younger players, they'll often move towards the ball, see that someone else is moving towards it too, and then they'll both back off, the ball drops, coach gets mad and yells, call the ball. Both players look down, look at each other, telling each other, it was your ball. I've seen this exact sequence too many times to count. We can talk about encouraging accountability another day. What is probably happening is that the ball was in the seam, which is the space between two players, and the players hadn't been taught yet who should get the ball. The issue is not a communication problem. The issue is a lack of understanding of the game and their team's strategy. Make a note to work on serve-receive at your next practice and ensure that responsibilities are discussed. Better yet, show them by drawing on a whiteboard. Appeal to your visual learners too. I always get a huge bump in understanding once I draw out confusing concepts. Okay, so let's say that you have taught your team their coverage area for their position, but the communication is a little off, too late, or just plain wrong. This is when you want to use my next technique, which is teach them what to say and when to say it. Based on my experience, I'm going to say that today's players have much higher levels of anxiety than players from five to six years ago and certainly more than one we played. I do not have data or studies to prove it, but the number of questions I get from players who are more or less perfectionists is mind-blowing. I've also had nine-year-olds cry because they're too embarrassed that their footwork was wrong on their serve. Great power, way to get your serve over. Now let's step with your left foot when you make contact instead of your right. Instant tears. In my view, this isn't going to change. There's no use in reminiscing about the good old days when players could handle feedback and make adjustments through trial and error instead of being walked step by step through even basic skills. When I lead skill training in camps, when results are expected fast, I make sure to break everything down in the most basic steps I can. This includes telling your players what to say and when to say it. Confidence comes from knowing you're doing something right. Players with high anxiety will be able to focus on skill development once they get the things that can make them look stupid out of the way. As a side note, I'm not a sports psychologist, so this is my disclaimer. This is just what I've found works best for me in these situations. Let's say I'm running an overly simplistic passing drill where I slap the ball, they transition into free ball defense, and then I toss it to them. I'll want to tell my players to yell, free, right after I slap the ball, and to call mine just before they move to the ball to make contact. But sometimes telling your players isn't enough, and that's when you have to show your players what you expect. I believe that jumping on the court and playing with your team at the right time has its benefits. If your team continues to struggle with communication, even after you've shown them their coverage zones and have explicitly told them when to call the ball and what to say, you've got to push them. Whether you're just demoing during skill work or you're jumping in line during Queens, you want to make sure that you lead by example. Communicate your little heart out. Players will learn through osmosis and you'll probably see a big jump in communication from a few athletes right away, followed by the other players in a few practices. It's easier for the players to learn and be challenged when you're right there next to them, rather than coaching from the sidelines. There is a time and place for this though, Be sure you pick the right time to jump in. It helps you bond a little with your team, plus it gives you the workout that you skipped that morning. Bonus tip, be sure to celebrate when your team calls the ball well. Positive reinforcement definitely has a place on the volleyball court. It still surprises me how much louder your court gets just by complimenting someone for calling the ball. Example from two weeks ago at a camp. Players are doing passing progressions with a partner, and I walk past the only group who is calling the ball consistently. Nice job, Sarah and Rishika. Way to call the ball loud every time. Every group on that side of the net instantly started calling the ball. I didn't even say it loud. Seriously, give it a try. I hope you are amused by how well it works. I know I chuckle every time. Thanks for reading. Be sure to check back regularly or sign up for occasional email updates with the best content from GetThePancake.com. All right, that's it, coaches. Thanks for stopping by. I hope listening to the thoughts of another volleyball coach helped you think about volleyball in a new way. I always love talking shop with other coaches because it opens my mind to new ideas and techniques to try with my own team. If you enjoyed this format, remember to give this video a thumbs up and you know what? I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with another coach as well. Maybe your head coach, assistant coach, or even a friend who coaches with another club. Finally, I'm going to ask you to subscribe one more time if you haven't already. Otherwise, I hope to hear from you in the comments and I'll catch you in my next video.